This podcast represents the opinions and views of the host and their guests. The content should not be taken as legal or professional advice and is intended for informational purposes only. Welcome to Healthcare Crossroads, a podcast showcasing the connections we make in healthcare data, compliance, and patient care. We are at a crossroads in healthcare. Let's make an impact by bringing together physicians, nurses, healthcare information management professionals, and legal experts in healthcare. Everyone in healthcare intersects. Let's find out how. This is Healthcare Crossroads. Here is your host, Jennifer McNamara. Welcome to the Healthcare Crossroads podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara and I am your host. This is the month of December. We are here last month of the year. How has everyone's year been going? I have had some great accomplishments this year. And as many of us, we've also had our challenges, we've overcome. So going into 2023, we're all very hopeful and determined to make it the best year ever. Now, everyone that is listening to this podcast today is a patient at one point or another in their lives. And so it's important for us to understand as a patient and also for our families that are patients, our friends, and those that we, of course, professionally are helping in our roles every day, understand uh, their healthcare. And so we're going to start this month out and remind ourselves of why we do what we do every day. But we're going to talk today about communication. It doesn't matter what we're doing. Communication will always be at the forefront, the cornerstone of getting things accomplished. So I wanted to talk today about how we can communicate better with our patients. Now, there are several things, right, that we need to communicate with our patients every day. We have to communicate appointment information. We have to communicate maybe if they're having a procedure done or a test result. We have to communicate um, if there is an outstanding balance. And we have to communicate also when they ask us questions about their coverage when they need to maybe get a prior authorization. There are so many areas that we have to communicate with our patients on these days. Sometimes though, when it comes to understanding these things, we may assume that the patient knows this or that, and maybe they don't. So as a patient, what do we know about our healthcare? Do we understand, first of all, let's just talk about insurance because we're here to talk about the business side, first of all. What do patients really know about their insurance coverage? Well, when we sit down and have a conversation with our patients, maybe when the actual order comes through and we tell them that someone will be calling them to inform them of whether or not the service will be authorized and to go over their financial plan with them. Maybe it's going to be a procedure that is going to be very costly to them. And even though they have insurance, maybe we have to explain to them that there will be a responsibility on their part in addition to maybe what we're asking them to pay. And then also, of course, what the hospital themselves might charge them. That's one area that I think is sometimes just miscommunicated. And many times when a patient thinks that when we, we call them at the office, right, we're the ones that they have been seeing every appointment up until the, the time that they have their procedure. Maybe we decide that it's a good idea as a practice to have documentation, um, actual forms, and of course, our process is explained in written format that we hand to the patient when they check out so they know that they'll be getting a message. They'll get a phone call from not only our departments, but also the hospital department and as well as the anesthesia department. When it comes to having surgery, 
remember there are several people involved in the patient's care and sometimes um, those departments have their own you know processes their own financial uh, arrangements they have to make so the patient will need to be informed that there will be multiple people reaching out to them and they will want to take very good notes on you know, what information they're telling them, how much they're going to owe for this service and this service to make sure they're fully prepared. And then as well, it's really important that they understand if they're in a financial bind and they need this procedure, but their financial situation is not stellar, they need assistance. Please, please, please make sure your patients know what exists out there for them to get assistance. There are so many programs that are out there for them to get assistance that I think some facilities are maybe a little hesitant or maybe forget to mention. Um, if it was your uh, care you needed, wouldn't you want to know if there was assistance available? And then if it was your family member, wouldn't you want them to have the assistance that they need? So a lot of times I think just the patient is unaware of what their responsibility is. And then once they have that procedure, maybe they were explained, right, all this information, then they get a bill um, or what they might think is a bill, right? Sometimes they get confused because the insurance will send them a statement of their account, an explanation, right? We call it an explanation of benefits or maybe an insurance remittance. The patient gets something a little bit different, right, that shows their responsibility, if any. And sometimes they will say they see a zero payment, right? Um, and they see maybe an issue, and maybe the insurance reaches out to them and, and tells them they need to contact their medical provider for more information. So when they do call, we want to make sure that we truly understand that the people answering the phones, the people in those departments in our offices are trained, and they know what an explanation of benefits uh, is saying and how to interpret that to the patient. They want to feel comfortable when they call their physician that the people in, in the office, the people in those those roles are competent and they understand the ins and outs of their policy and uh, their uh, bill. So if you are one of those individuals working in the financial departments, please make sure you do your due diligence and understand your patient's policy, understand um, their benefits. It is our, our responsibility. We want to get paid too. So we need to understand uh, the in workings and out workings of that policy. The policy itself will dictate what the coverage is for a given procedure. So are we doing that ahead of time? Are we making sure that we know that coverage? And we'll talk about prior authorizations here in a minute, uh, but making sure the patient understands, this is what I'm responsible for. And then on this document here, it tells what the insurance is responsible for, what they're supposed to pay. And then of course, if there's a copay or deductible, make sure that we understand the differences, right? We know that when it comes to services, some patients have some services that are covered under their deductible. So there's a certain amount they have to meet annually before the insurance will pay their portion. So they have a contract right with the insurance. They're responsible for paying either a copay for each type of visit, office visit, maybe it's a specialist or primary care visit. Maybe a copay applies to certain services in the hospital as well. But then we have, like I mentioned, our deductible, which nothing gets paid until that is satisfied. So maybe we have to bill the patient or we have to charge them that day for the full service and that will keep happening until they meet that. Usually a facility fee or you know, surgery procedure like that usually satisfies majority deductibles if they're lower. But these days, unfortunately, a lot of patients are dealing with high deductible plans and so they need to be prepared and understand how this works if they don't already. So be, of course, that person, that person at your office that is the one that can explain that to the patient 
and make them feel comfortable and they understand their responsibility. We entered into a contract with our insurance companies as well. When we signed a contract to be in network and to take on that contract with that insurance company, we also agreed to bill them based on the parameters of that policy if we accept that insurance, as well as the patient having a responsibility to be in that contract with that insurance company. They're responsible to pay the copay, pay the deductible, pay all those things under that contract. There are times, of course, we understand where there are circumstances where we may not be able to collect that day, but we still have to bill the patient, right? We cannot write off copays routinely. And we'll put some information in our show notes of the legalities of that uh, and, and some different policies out there that tell us why we have to collect that. So please make sure the patients understand the charges and what they are for. You can be confident in how you speak to your patients when it comes to financial matters. If you do the due diligence and you truly understand uh, their policy, you understand all the things that we just mentioned. Now, there is information, of course, about prior authorizations that can also be a lack of communication that we see in the industry. A lot of times we see these days talk about the fault of the insurance company, which is true. There's a lot of things going wrong over there. A lot of delays, unnecessary delays. But there are also a lot of things going right um, if we follow their policies. But there are also a lot of things that we can discover and work with the insurance that are truly uh, being done well and doing being done right if we know the policy well enough and we are informed as a medical practice so we can communicate with our patients. Do we know our service line? Do we know what main procedures we perform and if they require authorization? We wanna be organized and have a list of all of our common procedures that we perform for by insurance, right? Know the policies. And remember, it's not just enough to get it authorized. We have to know if that particular service product is covered because some insurance companies, there's new technology, right? There's things that maybe aren't covered. And if a patient needs that service, maybe that physician, they respect them and they want to have that physician do that procedure and they're recommending this product and they give them the benefits of this. Maybe they want that particular product, that particular device. And uh, the physician says, you need this and this is really great. Compare it to this product. This is what it'll do for you. And they want it, right? But guess what? Their policy does not cover that particular device, a particular policy for that particular specific condition that the insurance deems medically necessary, right? Maybe they want us to be uh, more specific or they need to have some variant of that condition or have multiple uh, conditions wrong um, on top of that main condition disease that will warrant um, that coverage. They have to have so many bullets checked, right? They have to have gone through some sort of uh, type of therapy first. Maybe try some other type of medication before they'll put them on this or try this. So sometimes those roadblocks can exist when all along the physician feels that they need this. So we need to understand those things, explain them to our physicians, explain them to the patient, make sure they know if they truly want that, make sure they know that financial responsibility they're gonna be up against for having this service if the insurance doesn't cover it. Make sure they sign those forms of their financial responsibility. Even though it's important for them to receive this care and we do wanna provide them with assistance, we need to make them understand that we have costs as well. That to provide this service, there is cost of purchasing maybe a device if it's something that we're doing in the office. Or if it's a hospital, they have to be the ones to purchase that device and they need to be uh, able to capture that money back. If a service is not covered and a facility 
is not aware of that. They can be liable for that cost. They're purchasing that device or that, that machine um, you know, for that procedure, and they have to be able to get that reimbursement in order to cover their costs. There's a lot of costs involved in healthcare. There's also the cost of, you know, employees time. Um, there's a, a cost of just keeping the lights on. All of those things are important. And all the ways that we receive income in a practice cover not just the physician time, but it covers all those other things as well. So we want to make sure that we understand the financial responsibility and making sure that everything that we do is covered and paid so we can cover those costs. Now I want to make sure we understand once we do um, get something approved, that we communicate that well, that when it's approved, we make notes, we make sure the patient's aware, yes, and whether it's our policy or not to schedule ahead of time and put that on the calendar, even if it's not authorized yet, maybe two weeks out, are we making those efforts to update those records to make sure that we know that, yes, it's been approved, or maybe it hasn't been approved and we have to push the surgery out, the procedure out, maybe another few days, making sure we're communicating with the patient in a timely manner. Remember, we want to make sure that not the day of, maybe not even the day before, but well in advance, we are checking and monitoring processes and making sure that we understand this procedure or this service is not approved yet. We need to make sure we're communicating with the clinical staff and also with the patient to make sure they know. We don't want them to get on the day of the service and find out they aren't authorized to have it because they're going to want to make sure that it's covered. They want to make sure they have some knowledge that we've done our due diligence, that the insurance has informed us they will cover based on medical necessity and that all of those things are covered. It's not a perfect system, but once we understand the pieces that go into that, it's so much better for everyone involved. So let's make sure that we're doing our due diligence and making our communication with our patients, something that they're comfortable with and they're happy with our services. Are you ready to increase your revenue in 2023? Let's rev up our practice by attending the upcoming RevCycle Symposium presented by OncoSpark. This event will take place virtually on February 23rd, 2023. Attendees will learn end-to-end -end process improvement from front-end patient engagement to improvement of prior authorizations, avoiding unnecessary denials, and winning our appeals. Visit www.sparkadvise.com for more information on this very important event. All administrative and business support staff are encouraged to attend. We hope to see you virtually at the event. So the first thing I want to suggest whenever a patient calls in is really just communicating professionalism on the phone. And a patient can tell. I know I personally can tell if someone on the other line is not happy to be there at their job. So I want to make sure that we are always considering how we sound on the phone. And if we're smiling and if we have a good attitude, it comes through in our voice. And if we're well-versed in that practice and we understand the answers to the questions that they are asking, um, it's going to come across in our professionalism. We want to always uh, make sure we identify who we are when we answer the phone and what practice we're calling. Because yes, hopefully they've gotten the right number, but maybe they called the wrong number. So make sure we're clearly identifying ourselves and the name of the practice so they know they've reached the right place. Of course, the first thing you want to do uh, is get the patient's name because we want to make sure that we get the right person 
Um, especially if they're an established patient, you want to make sure we're, we're looking into the right account. But again, getting their name will also identify um, that we, if they're in the system, we can verify that um, if they are in the system and then of course get their information if they're not. Um, you want to make sure that you understand what they're calling for. For instance, do they need, are they a new patient, right? Uh, what type of appointment do they need? Maybe they need, if you're a primary care physician, they need, you know, just to get established. So they're just going to ask basic questions, but there are certain time slots allocated in a medical practice for certain types of visits, right? So clearly having that defined what they need to be seen for will help you um, as a professional um, and making that appointment understand when that should happen and how that should happen. And I think it's a really good point uh, to think about what we gather and when, because there are certain pieces of information that are very important, but maybe the patient's main goal at that moment is to tell you what's wrong with them, which is why they're calling. So let's get that information first. We know that maybe sometimes in our mind, we're, we are thinking we have to gather this personal data right away so we don't lose that train of thought, but try to focus on the patient. Try to focus on what their needs are at that moment. And then once you gather that information, you write it down on a piece of notepaper, get organized. Don't feel like you have to be in a certain screen at a certain time in order to make the call work. I think sometimes we get caught in our head because in our practice management system, it goes from screen to screen to screen. And we're like, okay, I need your name, date of birth, social security number, phone number, blah, 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 right? You're, you need all those things because it's right in front of you. But be organized and be a person. Just let them talk. Let, listen to them. And then once you get to the point where you need to gather that personal information, you can, whatever your policy is, you know, some, some practices feel it's best to, you know, send the patient a link, right? Say, here is a link. Can I get your email address? I'll send you a link and you can fill out this information. And some, some portals allow that. Other times you have to gather just basic information, right? There are some pieces of information you can gather at the appointment, right? When they actually fill out their paperwork. So at that point in time, just get what you need. You know, you definitely need their name, date of birth, obviously, right? You need a phone number to contact them. You would potentially need their address so you can mail them paperwork if that's your policy. And you would need their insurance information. Just maybe basic information for now, um, their ID number, and of course the name of the insurance will work for, the, for now. And then if you have their phone number, maybe later down the road, if you're doing a verification and you're missing a piece of information, you can just give them a call, right, before the appointment. But to get them comfortable, get the appointment in the book, get what you need at that moment. Don't burden them down with so many questions that they can actually fill out later. That's not necessary at that moment in time. And hopefully, you know, in your medical practice, you understand the specialty, right? So you understand as, of course, the person asking these questions, what questions to ask. Now you're not a physician. You are not a clinical person that knows, you know, what to ask. Maybe, maybe there's a set of predefined questions that your practice can give you um, in your role to make sure that you know what to ask. Um, because there are some times where in order to identify what kind of appointment or um, notes you need to put in the computer for the physician ahead of time, there are certain questions that need to be asked. So make sure that we're asking those questions um, because it also will provide information on how urgent the appointment might be. So if you know well in advance, this, this person has this condition, they have these problems, um, you'll know in advance what questions to ask that will tell you, of course, how urgent the appointment is, and also, um, you know, how much time to allow for that appointment. It's also a nice idea too to give them options. I know as a patient, I love to have options because I have a really crazy schedule myself. I'm always just in two places at once. So I know on a given day, I may have several options. So I like to see, you know, let them know ahead of time, 
as a patient, I always tell, you know, the person on the phone, I'm available these days and times for this week. Um, do you have anything on this particular week? So be flexible and give them options, you know, different times you have on a given day um, so that they have options of, okay, this will work on this day for me and this time or this time is better on this day for me. So be prepared with several options. Don't just say, we can see you on this day this time, because sometimes people would like to have the option to know what else is available. So maybe they need to move their schedule around or maybe they have other you know, obligations that this will work better than this time, right? And of course, we know that Google is great. You can type in an address, it'll take you there, but it'll be really nice if you can give them specific directions just to make them feel more comfortable that they're going to the right place especially if they live in the area, right? They're going to be like, oh, do you know where this is? And this is, we're near this place. Sometimes giving them landmarks that they can identify, even though they're using maybe Google Maps, which not everyone is, is savvy with that. So giving them specific directions, some patients will prefer that don't use those options, right? They'll prefer to have that additional information and just make them feel comfortable. If you are in the role where you're the first person the patient talks to and the first person they see, Let's make sure that that is a pleasant experience for the patient. Be enthusiastic, have lots of energy, help the patient feel confident in you as a professional, because what you exude on the phone and then when they see you in person will tell them a lot about the practice and ultimately the physician they're about to see um, so they can build that relationship. It's really important for a patient to have a relationship with their physician, the one that takes care of their health. So we know it can be very difficult to have to switch from physician to physician, and because of different various issues. So we want to make sure that that doesn't happen to our patients. They, they feel comfortable and they feel like they're going to keep coming back uh, and have an established relationship with a physician they can trust, a practice they feel comfortable with, and all of the staff makes them feel welcome. And so those are my tips. So I hope you enjoyed uh, some of these tips today, helping our patients to feel comfortable with our practice and improving our communication skills, whether we're a physician, whether we're a clinical nurse, whether we are the practice manager, the front office staff, the back office staff handling the building, whatever we're doing, let's make sure that we are all on the same page, communicating regularly, all for the benefit of our patients. Thank you for joining the Healthcare Crossroads podcast today. I want to thank our amazing sponsors at OncoSpark and our podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. Until next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healthcare Crossroads. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss a show. Thank you to our sponsors at OncoSpark. OncoSpark is a technology-enabled revenue cycle management company. They help you effectively manage claims data with technology solutions. Check out their website to learn more at www.oncospark.com. Thank you, OncoSpark. The barriers for practices and patients due to prior authorizations are a clinical and clerical issue. I want to thank OncoSpark for designing a platform that streamlines and standardizes the authorization process. This optimizes staff and resources while decreasing the time a patient must wait. The platform will seamlessly integrate with your practice management system and electronic medical record alerting you to expiring authorizations or order changes. Off-parency's reports can be used for internal development as well as payer and pharma accountability. Direct insurance verification and specialty pharmacy hub enrollment 
our standard modules in the platform too. So jump on over to authparency.com. That's www.authparency.com and get started today with this amazing tool.